Happy Saturday, everyone. We are back. Oh, I hear a little bit of an echo. Not sure where that's coming from. But we are back with another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. I am happy to be here again, along with my amazing co-host. And we have got a great show. We're going to have a great conversation uh, today. Today's show, we're going to talk about, do you know your value? Do you know your value? So I want to dive into how do you determine your value and your worth? And not only that, but how do you go about the process of getting it? So again, happy Saturday. Welcome to another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show where we are coaches and thought leaders. Uh, we have guests that join us and we discuss the successes and challenges just inherent in um, the everyday world that we live in. Before I introduce uh, us and the rest of our guests uh, or the get rest of our co-hosts, few housekeeping items. Um, tell us your name, where you're watching from, and we want to be sure that we know what's in your cup. Um, be sure to like the video, share it, add your comments. If there's anything that resonates with you, we want to be sure that you're in on the conversation. Be sure if you are going to comment, be sure that you're watching from uh, the Coffee with Rhonda show page. It's www.coffeewithrhonda.com. That way we make sure that we get your um, feedback and we get your comments and we can comment on those as well. So my name is Rhonda Y. Williams. I'm your host for the show. I'm an emotional intelligence strategist and coach uh, helping to shift leaders from overwhelmed to overjoyed helping leaders shift from stuck to unstuck so that they can uh, go about the process of creating a life they love. Um, I do coaching, workshops, speaking, and connecting with leaders every day. I'm also the founder of the uh, Dream Life by Design Mastermind Group. If you're interested, you can go to manifestmydreams.com, click the join button, and I will reach out with more information. Okay, so let's go through now and introduce our guest. So in my cup, I got plain old boring coffee this morning, y'all. I was busy this morning. I just had my mastermind group. I ain't had time to do nothing fancy, so it's just plain old coffee. <laughs> Plain old coffee with me this morning. So let's go through now and introduce our co-host for the show. And let's start with you, Miss Roz. Oh, before we go to you, Roz, we have Mariska out there. Mariska said, I was going to say, I think Mariska's in France. Hey, Mariska, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, and uh, we look forward to hearing your comments. So Miss Roz, good morning to you. Happy Saturday. And what's in your cup? <laughs> Well, my cup is way over there. <laughs> and what I have in my cup this morning was um, I have orange tea. I, ch I changed my tea out this morning. So I have orange tea, the lemon, and the honey. So I, I said I was going to change, break my little habit, trying to be a big girl. But as you guys know, I am Roz Jones the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we provide four levels of care, center homemaking companion, home health aid, and certified nursing assistant. And you guys know the tagline, when you can't do it all, give us a call. Be careful what you ask, because we might be calling you, Roz. King David says, King David in the house. Hey, King David, thanks for tuning in. All right, so Mariah, good morning, good morning. Good morning. It's actually morning time for me, early morning on, on, uh, on Sunday. I'm Mireille Tulekima. I'm based in Perth, Australia. 
And I'm always very, very happy to be here, even if it's early in the morning. Uh, I'm the um, founder and the CEO of Mirai Global Leadership Organization, an organization where we really focus on individual taking control of their life, being the CEO of their life and becoming the best that they can be. And I'm also um, the founder and CEO of Empty Energy Resources, which is a consulting company in the oil and gas and energy sector. I coach, I mentor, and uh, I speak as well. And so it's, uh, it, it's, it's a very, very interesting space right now in my life. And welcome, everybody. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Thank you all so much um, for joining. Uh, so I am really excited about our conversation today. But before I even talk about that today, um, Marae, we're going to have to come to Australia uh, and do and do the yes. show. <laughs> right, Rod? What do you think? I, I hope we can do the show from Australia next year. I'll be welcoming you. Listen. Uh, listen. Oh, I love that. I would love that. I just need to get my passport and everything together. So. Rhonda, help me with that. Yes. Oh, you know what, Roz? Yes. Let's do it. Because listen, you don't have to tell me twice. I'll be on the plane. <laughs> I'll be You'll be like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not ready yet. I'm like, come on, let's go. <laughs> you just have to, you, know, you just have to wish it and then bing. Start planning. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sending out the energy now. Sending out the energy. Sending it out. Sending it out. <laughs> the universe is going to come. No, no problem. It's so funny that um, y'all say that. So I was talking to um, I was talking to this gentleman, uh, and he said, mm -hmm. "You know, I hope I see you um, before the end of the year." And I said, "Baby, ain't no need to hope. All you got to do is ask and make it happen, <laughs> right?" Exactly. What we hope before is <laughs> <laughs> not. But I will be in the U.S. next year at some point, so. I'll be joining you for a show special Yay! in the U.S. with the three of us. High five, ladies. Let's do it. All right. Let's get our show going today. And um, I was taking the opportunity to share it on a couple of pages so that we can get some folks out there. If you're out there, please um, share the show, like the show, and we are going to get started with our topic. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about knowing your value. Knowing mm -hmm. your value. So, um, some months ago, I read the book by Mika Brzezinski, and I think it is called Know Your Value. If you have not read that book, um, specifically for ladies out there, if you have not read the book, and even there's a lot in it that guys can get out of it as well, it really is a great book. I was a little skeptical at first. I'm not exactly sure why. I think I just had some preconceived ideas that I needed to work through. But the book was very valuable in terms of talking about what we um, go through when we're trying to determine our value and our worth. Now, obviously, I'm going to just put this right up front. This is not about how much you as a person are really worth, right? Because that mm -hmm. is valuable. You really can't place a number on that. We're talking about specifically in the workspace, whether you are employed or you're an entrepreneur, how do you determine your value? And then how do you go about making sure that you get that and that happens? So as we've been doing lately, we've been opening up with our own stories around worth and value. And so we're going to do that again. I've been really enjoying that. So let me share my story, um, a brief story that I have. So we'll just share our stories and then we'll move right into um, the discussion about how do you know your value and you get your worth? 
Some years ago, um, I was actually working as a liaison between our health hospital organizations as an IT um, analyst. Um, and I was, a, I was a registered nurse, but I was being a bridge between the clinical team and the informatics team because, you know, they speak two different languages. So you really need someone who can help sort of close that gap for them sometimes. And so I was working at the corporate office as an informatics person. I got a call from a colleague um, who was in a hospital that I had moved from probably a little less than a year ago. I was located in San Antonio. I was working at a hospital there. And a colleague called me and said, hey, Rhonda, the director of nursing position is open. And I thought, well, cool, right? But why are you telling me? I just moved to Louisville, Kentucky from San Antonio less than a year ago. And I'm not a DON, right? I've never been a DON before. So I'm not, I wasn't really sure why she was telling me. And she said, I think you'd be great for the position. And I was thinking to myself, like this makes zero sense to me right now. I'm, I'm not even there, number one. And then number two, I've never done this position before. So in my mind, going through all of this and I really dismissed it. I was just like, well, whatever this is. We kept talking and catching up as friends. And, and all of a sudden, um, I went home and I shared with my family and sort of in a ha ha moment, right? Ha ha ha. You'll never imagine the call I got today from a colleague about, you know, uh, the DOM position. I said, she said, she thought I should apply for the position. I'd be great. And my family said, yes, let's go. <laughs> and, and so wait a minute. I was just like, um, what what is happening right now right we just moved here and they're like yeah but we hate it here we want to go back anyway you can do it mom let's go and i was like oh my god so long story short through this process and dealing with my own emotions but around the fact that i had never held a position like this before and i wasn't even located in the area anymore so all of this going through my brain so long story short, um, I talked to him, what would I have to do to apply for the position? And, and the push for me was when the family was sharing that they were really unhappy and that they really didn't want to be where we were and they really wanted to move back. And so that gave me this sense that I really needed to at least try. And I wasn't really expecting it, but I did try for the position and I got the position. So in this transition, and finding out, okay, now that I've got this position and I'm figuring out what all that means, I gotta move back to San Antonio and all of this. Then some. Then I started looking at the salary. So in looking at the salary for this position, um, what they said to me is that you don't have any experience doing this position. So you're gonna have to start off at the lowest level in terms of the salary range. So that meant a decrease in salary from what I was already making. So not only was it a decrease in salary, I was taking on responsibility for the largest department in the hospital. It was a lot more responsibility than I had. I mean, I was an IT bridge, an IT analyst, right? I'm taking the position of the director of nurses overseeing all of the clinical operations, primarily in the hospital. And I, and I couldn't quite wrap my brain around the fact that I was gonna make less money, right? So I'm going from, this position to this position, yet I'm making less money. So I had to process that in my brain. And while I start, tried to push back a little bit, and then this little voice said to me, um, you have to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself. 
you haven't held this position before. I know it seems like you shouldn't have to take a, a, a cut and pay, but that's the rules that they're operating under. So what are you going to do? So I set this intention for myself. I said, okay, I'm going to take the position. I'm going to go back. I'm going to take the lower salary, but I am going to work my butt off. And in a year, I'm walking into that office and I'm going to say, I need more money, right? I am going to say, I need more money and here's why. And I set that intention from the very, very beginning. And you know, over the course of the next four years, of course, not only did I make up all of that salary that I was missing, I exceeded that salary, you know, by a significant amount because it was my intention to prove my worth and my value and to say to them, I know I didn't have a lot of experience when I started, but I am going to work the heck out of this position and I am going to prove that I am worth every penny. And then I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask for what I feel I should have. So that's sort of my little story around um, knowing your worth. And it sticks with me to this day that I had to take that step back. It, it really required that I take that step back so that I could take several steps forward and move forward. So um, so that's my story. Roz, let's come to you now so that you can share um, your story around knowing your worth and your value. I was, I was listening to you as you were talking about that because when I didn't value myself, my relationships reflected what I thought of me. Hmm. You know, I was thinking about as, as you were talking about that, I said, you know, it, it, it was what I thought of myself is what I attracted. Oh, wow. Then when I shifted my mind and I began to understand what my value was, as I began to be more confident in who I was and knowing what, um, what I could bring to the table, mm -hmm. then my relationships changed. So then I knew that if I wanted to, let's say, if I wanted to be a nurse, I had to hang around nurses. You know, if I want to be a duck, I have to hang around ducks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is what we have to understand. When you start devaluing yourself, then, you know, my grandmother said, bottom feeders, you know, you hang with those people that are always sucking from you and, and also in that same pity party. Oh, woe is me, so on, so on and so forth. And, you know, so when you go to the next relationship, you're still carrying that 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 poor self-value. Okay. But when you shift and you understand and you know who you are, you understand your value, you change your mindset, you have a, a, a coach or, or whoever that may be, then once that happens, let me tell you, once you make that shift, you don't go back to those poor values. Mm -hmm. you, you, you bloom where you are planted. You will make that change right where you are, and then you will see that those bad relationships will start to either change. Right. They won't have a, such a high priority in your life. They'll be, you know, you still, you might be friends with them, but from a distance. And then you will limit that conversation that's coming in. Right. So then you won't have that negativity coming in as you as you begin to value yourself. Then you start to pour in and invest into yourself. You know, I want affirmations. I want to coach. I want to go to workshops. I want to listen to coffee with Rhonda on the weekends. I need these type of things pouring into me so that my value continues to go up. Right. Just, Absolutely. Yeah. Just like stocks and bonds. You know, the more you put in, the more the value goes up. Mm hmm. I love that. Rod, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's awesome because it really is about 
I, I love what you said about once you know that, once you decide on that, what that is for yourself, um, then everything around you changes and then you are no longer willing to accept, right? What you used to accept. And that is that is a powerful point. And so, um, Marae, what, what, share a story for us and, and your thoughts around knowing your value. It, it's, I mean, it's quite interesting. I mean, when I, I listen to, to you two and me, I mean, you know, it's it's been when I did the, the transition from corporate, having all this experience in, in the oil and gas and energy sector and moving into entrepreneurship, coaching and uh, speaking, uh, I actually got, you know, a bit puzzled on how to, you know, approach people in terms of uh, when I do events, what value should I put on my events? Because for me, it was okay. I have all this experience in, in, in this industry, but in a way I have no experience in speaking, no experience in coaching. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a graduate. So I started to start really giving value for free and uh, you know, continuing this spiral but at some point, I was actually stuck because I was keep giving this value for free. So for people, they didn't actually value what you know what I was giving to them because it was for free. But for them, the value was was not to the level that you know they they wanted. And I was talking to a more experienced person in the speaking and the you know um, course creation industry. And the person sat me down and said, you know what, Mireille, you decide where you want to be. You decide the value that you want to be, you, you know, the, the, the value that you want people to see in you. And then you make sure that when you've reached this, you know, you, you've given this message out, you deliver to this level. So it starts with you deciding this is where I want to be. This is where I think I am. This is the value I think I bring. And that's what I'm going to tell people is that if you want my service, if you want my knowledge, this is where I am. And there's no compromise with that. And then you make sure that you deliver at this level and then you keep growing, uh, going up with that. But you don't start and giving it for free, expecting people to to value you higher than the free gift that you're giving to them. Wow. wow. Oh my gosh, Marie, that is very powerful because um, I do think sometimes um, that, uh, well, Mariska says uh, what Roz says, I so relate to it because I was like that. I used to mm -hmm. value myself and my relationship would suffer from that. We expect other people to hold this high regard and this high value for us that we don't hold for ourselves. Yeah, How exactly. Other people supposed to value you when you don't walk your value, you don't talk your value, you don't mm -hmm. demand and expect mm -hmm. your value. If you're not expecting and demanding the value that you deserve, how can other people do that? And so, you know, I think it's so powerful when you speak and you talk about knowing your value. I had the same thing. So I was in the corporate world for many years and doing my corporate work. And I, I know that work. But when I started to step out on my own 
and to yeah. do coaching and my speaking and my consulting, mm -hmm. what began to creep in was fear. Yeah. Because I had this fear. Let's just keep it 100, ladies, right? I had this fear where I was thinking, am I good enough? Should I turn mm -hmm. this month? Am I really worth this? Should I do this? I don't know who's going to want to pay me for it. Exactly. You worry about what it for free, right, Roz? Yeah, you mm -hmm. worry about what people would think. Exactly. You, you know, exactly. as, as, yeah, yeah. You you were worried about what other people would say, but you know what I told somebody recently? I would rather be judged than be broke. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Wow. That is exactly. that that is very true. But you do have to battle those own your own emotions you around that, right? Because you'll find that they'll hold you back. And um, yesterday uh, on the Billionaire Mastermind Forum, I did a little piece on um, your inner voice and managing your inner voice because that inner voice is powerful and most of what's holding us back is coming from inside of us it's not mm -hmm. just other people telling us what we can't do it's us believing and listening to that inner voice that says well they may not believe you may not mm -hmm. stand up there listen when i first started doing my workshops and getting up in front of these rooms full of powerful executives and physicians and all of these other people that inner voice was still chattering in my mind listen you're this little lady from you know from the hood in philadelphia right and who's gonna listen to you and they're gonna be like what's this little woman up there trying to talk to us about and but you know i had to push past that and the more i pushed past that and leaned into it and, and a part of my cue I take from the reactions and the responses, right? Other people in audiences tell me what I need to know. If I'm not mm -hmm. doing an effective job, they'll let me know that. I can see it in their face. I can see it in their body language. I can see it in their tone. But that's not what I was getting. What I was getting is, wow, this is really good stuff, which helped me mm -hmm. build my confidence. Do you guys find that too, that you know, based on the response around you, you really begin to grow into understanding what your worth is and your value is. Marae? Oh, go ahead, Marae, go ahead. Say, say again, I, I was losing you at some point. Oh, I, I was saying that, you know, do you find that for yourself as well that, um, you need to take the cues from people around you and they will help validate, you know, where you are because they will be appreciative. They will be make you're making a difference in their life. You are delivering for them. And that helps to quiet that inner talk where you're convincing yourself that you're not worth what you're charging for. Exactly. I mean, you, we, we actually are our worst critic and, and we, we tend to try to get validation from people around us and that's actually where we we got it wrong because we start to listen to the voice outside instead of listening to our own voice and uh, by listening to people around us we think that they're actually right and we start to validate that that's by having the, the attitude of what you know people are are putting in our head and and uh, and which is not our true value. And I always tell people sometimes, you know, they, they're gonna tell you, okay, you're starting something like when I was transitioning to uh, entrepreneurship and mentorship and, and coaching, people start to tell you, yeah, but you don't have any experience in, in, this, in this area. And uh, so you should just, uh, you know, value yourself at this level. And then you start to think, you say, okay, 
I mean, mentoring coaching is about, you know, what you've experienced in every dimension. Right. So right. it's just, it's just a, a process in, 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 in some way. And you always have something to share. You always have something valuable in you. So you are the only one who can actually say, this is where I am. This is what I can offer. And this is what I'm capable of. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody can do it for you because they've not experienced the same thing as you. Right. Because right. at the end of the day, what they actually tell you, telling you, it's uh, they're comparing it to their own experience, which is not valid for you. You are trying to give value. You had a certain journey. You, you've learned certain things. You had a certain education. Only you can package it and say, this is where I am. And then you know, and and then grow in the process. You're probably gonna make failure because you know, but it doesn't mean that you don't have, you don't have value to give. Mm -hmm. You 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 uh, you make mistakes, but it doesn't mean that you have no value at all because everybody makes mistakes. As long as you learn from those mistakes and 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 correct and still growing and still giving value to people, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I love that. Um, so uh, Mariska says, yes, that inner voice. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes we need uh, to command it to shut up. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, that inner voice does not um, ever want to stop talking. It's going to talk, 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 talk. Right? And you, but what you can do, and you probably will never shut it up. But what I was sharing the other day on the, the forum that I'm on in the mornings is you, you don't need to shut it up. You need to manage it. You need to be the leader. Your inner voice works exactly. for you. If your inner voice is not supporting you and getting your goals and helping you be successful, then it's not it's not supporting you and what you need. So you got to manage it. And Mariska also says, stop validating all the voices in the society and start examining the inner intuition that tells us that we can do it. You can mm -hmm. do what you put your mind to and you, you can, can do value it. your experiences. Mariah, I don't know about you, but I have put a lot of money and time into myself. And I yes. see everything that I pour into myself or for my clients get all of that benefit. When I learn something new, they learn something new. When I mm -hmm. get a new technique, I'm sharing that with them. I have spent upwards of $10,000 for a three-day session to pour into myself. So why mm -hmm. do people expect to coach with me for free? Why exactly. Because we're girlfriends, right? Come on, girl. Don't you gonna charge me the girlfriend rate, right? Are you serious? Who charged yeah. me the girlfriend rate when I was paying all that money? <laughs> and that's what people don't understand is that you know you don't advertise it, but you put so much money on being where you are oh, yeah. and it's an investment it's actually like when you you buy you know you, you buy a house you expect this investment to grow and to get some return from it you don't expect it to say okay it's just you know i just bought this house just to have fun and then everything else i, I don't expect to, to get a return from that so it's the same with our investment in uh, in getting more knowledge in growing as uh, as a person then when you give the service, then you, you expect somebody to, to value that. And the way to value that is to pay for it. Exactly. So you can't give it for free. I mean, at some time, you know, you, you give your knowledge for free, but at some point, 
And you realize that when you give for free, actually people don't value it. Right. It's when you start to put a, a, a monetary value on it and then they know that they're going to spend so much money. Then they start to pay attention and then they start to really learn, you know, whatever you, you give them. Otherwise, they just, they just don't value it. No, I, you know, right. We have to put ourselves in a position where people understand. I think, you know, for you to be able to charge what you think you're worth, I think mm -hmm. you have to be clear on the value you're delivering, yeah. right? You have to be able to show up and deliver be above expectations. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to, I think, take a pulse and get information. So, one of the things I'm trying to do a much better job of because I would just, work with people and think, okay, great. And they move on. I'm doing a much uh, better job of trying to be consistent with getting feedback, testimonials, mm -hmm. even video testimonials um, or something so that you have um, proof. They call it social proof, right? You have social proof of the difference that you make um, in the lives. So if, if you guys are coaches out there, if you're speakers out there, if you're feeling like you are not sure how to get your value, you've got to be clear about what you're bringing to the table, over deliver, be sure your customers are happy and satisfied and get, do not let them go without getting some sort of a testimonial, a written testimonial, ask them if you can use their initials, right? Post it on your website, put it online. You've got to do all of those things, but at the end of the day, in your heart and in your work, charge what you are worth. Mm -hmm. Yes, Ross. Also, too, I'm glad you said it as, as, as speakers. As speakers, too, we also have to understand our value before we go. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I've been learning a lot of lessons this year about speaking that I wish I would have known before I started speaking. Before you go and speak, you need to find out who's in the room. Mm-hmm you know, uh, how many tickets are sold? How many people are going to be there? What is the makeup of the group? Is it all female? Is it all male? Is it mixed? Is it divorced? Is it single? Yeah. You know, what is their salary? What is the data that the people are collecting on the registration table? Right. So you'll know how to charge your value because, and you need to find out how much the tickets are because if they're charging, let's say $39 for the tickets, right. then you know what you can charge may, may only be $250. But if someone is paying, let's say, you know, anywhere from $300 to $1,000 for a ticket, they understand more about investing. So then your value of what you charge will go up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these are important things I want people to understand because as we go out as speakers, coaches, whatever, we forget to ask those basic questions about data. Data is so important. And that may not be your audience before you go out. Exactly. And it may not be. Your, so then, so if you go, you've lost value because you've lost time and everything else. I just wanted to put that in there since we're talking a little bit about speakers and value. No, I think that's important. Let's build on that for a minute, ladies, because um, the whole um, it, um, thing where we go out and speak. Now, not every speaker is paid. Not every speaker mm -hmm. is making thousands of dollars to speak. And so if you are going to be speaking, how are you going to recoup your investment if you're not being paid to speak? Exactly. So exactly. There's a lot of ways that you can get value back if you are a speaker. So number one, you need to be clear on, can you sell from the stage? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Can you sell from the stage? Because sometimes you sell from the stage and people are 
um, upset because, well, if she was trying to sell us her services, listen, I'm not being paid to be here. I'm giving a lot of value. And why is it a bad thing to say, by the way, I offer these services? I actually just had that happen to me because I was mm -hmm. in one organization and I was speaking and I got the evaluations back and they were really good. And on one of the evaluations, one person put a comment, well, I don't think she should have been trying to sell her services. And I was thinking to myself, excuse me? <laughs> my services are the reason I am here, right? I'm not just here because I have nothing else to do with my day on a Saturday, right? So, um, so it's just important that we understand. Here's the other way. And let's talk about this, how you can get value. If you are not able to um, get paid for that speaking event, are you going to get photos? Are you going to get video? Are you? Can you get testimonials? Because those are valuable too. Mm -hmm. Just to give away your services, just to give them away, it's okay. I get it if you're getting started and you're trying to feel out, you know, who your market is and, you know, really put your program together. You may want to do some free things. But at a certain point, if all you're doing is giving away, you are losing. Like Ross said, you are losing in the process. You're losing mm -hmm. value. And that's not okay. You need to be able to stand up mm -hmm. and expect to get value from your speaking and your coaching. And like everything, you have to be strategic, you know, it's, you know, in life, in, in everything, you can't just, you know, go there and don't have a plan, a purpose and, you know, no direction because, and that's the same with speaking. When you choose your speaking engagement, you have to know what you really want from, from that and how you want your value to be reflected and how you want, what you want to take away from from that because at the end of the day and that's why I always tell people it comes down to you what do you want what is your purpose what do you want from that and how where do you want to be in terms of value do you want to pitch to people who have no money and not get paid do you want to pitch to people who actually need your value and are ready to pay for what you bring or do you want to just do things randomly? You have to decide. I mean, you have to decide because at the end of the day, you are on the driving seat and right. you are driving your value up or down. Oh my gosh. So that's a good point. I want to touch on that point for a minute. Uh, Stephanie is out there. Stephanie Marshall. Good morning, Steph. Thanks for joining us. Um, Mariska says, thank you for those precious tips, Roz. Um, you know, it's so interesting because you you bring up another really great point when you're talking about you're in the driver's seat. You mm -hmm. have to determine. So here's another thing that was keeping me away from really getting my value and really mm -hmm. getting what I deserve to get based on um, the quality of my content. Right. Mm -hmm. I had this thought initially that I can help the world. <laughs> I can help everyone. No, everybody needs my help, right? And so, and in doing that, right? Is that you, Ross? I think we, we all start like that. And I think a lot, actually a lot of women, actually. It's funny because we want to help everybody. And, I, and so I had some coaches say to me, so so who's your target? And I'm like, well, every, everyone needs this. And then they're like, Okay, well, but who focus group? And I'm like, okay, so so here's me narrowing it down. So my focus is any woman who's a mother, has a job, has a career, 
uh, is an entrepreneur, wants to be a coach, wants to be a speaker, right? So I'm going, wait, I'm just listening to every woman thinking that. Oh, that's billion, billion, probably a billion <laughs> I had to get so much clearer in who I was actually targeting. And and that was hard for me because I felt like I was cutting somebody out. Wait, they're gonna suffer because they're not getting my because they're not getting my good stuff, right? But it's not that you're cutting anyone out. It is really giving you the ability to hone. This is what I learned, people. You got a pen, write this down. By clarifying your target market, it allows you to speak directly to them. You yeah. can craft your messages in a quality way that when that person hears your message, they get it. They they mm -hmm. what they call your clients are able to self-select because you have done such a great job in your mm -hmm. message that they automatically see themselves in it. I had to get clear that my target is leaders. Leadership is what I have done my entire life. Mm -hmm. I focus, I love helping leaders shift from overwhelmed to overjoyed, get unstuck in their own lives, decide what they want. That is my market. So, but Mariska says, oh, two years ago, that was me. Listen. I <laughs> that every woman in the world needs my she was us, I think, at some point. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> all of us. How did you guys decide who needs your services? And let's start with you, Roz. How did you decide who needs your services? I decided because, you know, they were kind of drawn to me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, automatically. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have to go out and, and do... Uh, you know, a poll. I didn't have to do a, you know, a, a, a Nelson poll. I didn't have to do any quantitative, you know, <laughs> numbers or anything like that. They just kind of drawn to me. So I, I knew that my clients would be baby boomers who they were taking care of their parents and that either they had dementia, uh, Alzheimer's, or, or, or they were um, patients who had had heart attacks or strokes because a lot of times those heart attacks and strokes lead up to the dementia and the Alzheimer's. So that's how I knew that was my niche. Mm -hmm. I mean, just quickly, quickly. It didn't take long. And some people now, let me put a disclaimer out there. Some people, it takes a little longer, like Rhonda, Rhonda, you know, had to come from the world down. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. <laughs> but, but for some people, you know, it, it, it happens, you know, kind of quickly what your niche is and, and particularly in caregiving. Like, I know I can't do children. I can't. I, my heart, you know, I bleed and you know I will be crying with the parents. And if you're a caregiver, you can't do all that crying. You have to be strong. Right. So I, I, I know I can't do children, but I, you know, my my calling to fulfill is the elderly population, the baby boomers. And so that's where I have been truly truly successful truly mm -hmm. successful so I'm, I'm i'm glad that it happened the way it happened right even though i didn't know what you know a niche was or anything it just happened right. and then when i finally got a coach i realized that i already had a niche i just didn't know what it was but i just was blessed to fall into it that's awesome um Marie, before we um talk have you share with us how did you determine um, your clients. But before we do that, I'm going to share Mariska's comment. She said, we get so tired of trying to solve everybody and anyone else's problem because of lack of clarity. And she says, mm -hmm. I also believe that clarity attracts the right clients. It really does. So let me just pause for a station break. If you guys are out there, if anyone's watching, please like the video. 
please share the video. This is a message that someone else out there might find valuable and helpful um, if they can help understand, number one, how they get their worth, how they figure mm -hmm. out their client market, how to stand up and proudly go and say, here is what I'm worth. And I am unapologetic about that. So, um, so Marae, how did, how did you determine um, your, who your target market was? I think for me, it was a mixture of the two. So I had obviously the technical background, which was being a woman in a male dominated environment. So you start to attract those type of, you know, this type of niche, uh, you know, women will actually want to do well in, in, in those areas. So they come to you because they see that you manage to navigate and be successful at the end. And there was also uh, a, a click because when I was working in those male-dominated environment, what I find out is that the, uh, the soft skill part was actually not very strong. And I had that, and to a point where sometimes I had colleagues and even men, when they had problem at home, they would come in my office and then my office was like, I don't know, as if it was a counseling uh, uh, office. And people were like, what's going on Mira, in your office? I mean, when people have problems, they come and sit down. And I had a chair actually. In the doctor, they will come and talk about you know their relationship with their, their, their you know with their children, their wives. Their, it, it was insane. So I said, okay, maybe I need to combine the two and move also into the leadership and coaching and mentoring this particular niche as well because it looks like they they're struggling with this, but they're very I mean they're very smart in what they're doing. But you know they're really struggling with everyday uh, problems. So that's that's actually how I shifted with adding you know the coaching and the mentoring as well for this niche and expanding as well for men as well because they're actually the ones struggling really a lot. And then I was quite surprised that you know both men are strong and really always not showing any emotion would come and sit in my chair and start to talk about their problems. So it, it's, it's been, you know, both it's been through my, you know, my own experience and, but also uh, people coming to me and then being drawn to me because they really needed to talk about the other, another dimension of the person, which is not just, you know, the professional side, but also looking at the sensitivity that they have and then the experience that they have in their personal life. Wow, that is interesting. So you basically had like um, Dr. Murray's office on your couch. <laughs> as you, <laughs> you know, my, my colleagues were like, what's going on in this office? I said, I don't know. You know, this person just came, sat down, talked about the project first and then started to branch out to its own struggle at home or with wife or children and start to ask me what I think and what I can recommend. I'm like, I don't know. But then I started to be really good at it. And, you know, that's how I started to grow as, you know, in, in that area and say, okay, I can do it. Then why don't I officialize it and become really a coach and, and, and a mentor and a, and a leader as well in this area, helping um, people in my industry. Mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. I think it's, I think it's really great when you come to that point within yourself where you really are feeling good about who
who you are, the work that you're doing, what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. You get past the, all of the, um, oh, can I do it? Or should I be doing this? Or should I, oh, should I be charging this much money? When you get past all of that, and at the end of the day, you say, this is who I am and this is what I'm bringing to the table. So as we sort of go and make this next round and, and we're gonna move towards um, wrapping up here, I wanna be able to say, what are the strategies um, that we want to share for people that are, you know, um, looking to be able to be confident in charging what they're worth? Number one, knowing what they're worth, and number two, charging what they're worth. And how do you, you know, really lean into that? And I want to uh, use that those strategies to give people an opportunity um, to build this into their own life. If you're struggling getting what you're worth, if you're struggling feeling like you can charge what you're worth, um, then we want to give you some strategies in order to help you do that. And um, I'm going to say, um, you know, until Raj joins us, hopefully Raj will join us again before um, the end. But how about this, Moray? If I'm, I'm going to start and I'm going to come sort of from the um, leadership perspective, because that's really a lot of who I coach. I coach a lot of leaders that are still working um, jobs and really trying to figure out how they move forward. And so I'll speak to it from that perspective. And if you'll come from the the business end of it and, you know, the mm -hmm. entrepreneur side of it, how do you, number one, know what you're worth? And number two, how do you ask for that? How do you charge for that? So from the, from the um, career and work side, the first thing I'm going to say is keep track of your experiences. Keep track of your experiences. You have a lot in your toolbox, a lot in your experience background that you are probably not even taking credit for, right? There are things that I don't care if you filed, if you sorted files, keep track of that. There is somewhere that that can be a valuable skill. What's the skill? You're good at organization, right? And that sort of thing. So make sure you are tracking everything that you do and keeping ownership of that. Number two, all year during the year, keep track of your positives, right? What did you accomplish if you had a successful meeting or you led a, 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 the signing of a new contract or you got 10 new clients? Keep track of those things so that you can speak to them. So that at the end of the day, when it's time for you to really define Hey, should I be making at this level? Maybe your pay range, they've got a range and they pay at different levels and you're wanting to go to the next level. Well, prove to yourself that you deserve to be at that level by tracking those, um, those positives that you had all year long. And then you draw on those positives, you draw from your experiences, and then you can have the conversation. And I also say, you don't have to wait for your evaluation time. If you feel like you've outworked your current rate of pay and that you have brought such a clear and undeniable value to the organization that that should be recognized, then go have the conversation. But be prepared to have the conversation. Don't just walk in and say, well, I think I worked hard and I deserve to have this right? Because right? all that's going to do is get you booted out of the office. So, but you're going to go in really clearly laid out with your with your proof in front of you to say, hey, I just wanted to have a conversation. I, I would like to ask for a salary increase. And here's what I'm basing that on, right? Here's the contracts I brought in, the number of new clients I brought in, the work I completed, you know, all of the positives I've contributed. And then be, be confident in having that conversation. 
in that conversation, avoid talking about the family and I got bills and, and my, my car broke down. So I need more money because honestly, that's a personal problem. That has nothing mm -hmm. to do with your employer and they should not have to own all of your problems, all of your personal problems. But mm -hmm. a clear, concise strategy. I'm going to do a webinar, a free webinar for everyone on how to get a promotion. I did this webinar some years ago and it's really great because there really is a secret sauce to how to get a promotion and move up in the ranks. And if you're interested in that, then in the comments, if you're watching this on replay, let me know that. So I'll make sure that I tag you when I launch um, that webinar for how to get a promotion. So that's what I would say in terms of that professional career aspect of knowing your worth and getting paid what you're worth. Speak lean into that. So Marae, um, how from the entrepreneurial side of it and the business side, how do you know your worth and then get paid what you're worth? Uh, I mean, it's, you know, you, you said, I mean, you have uh, some good points and, and, uh, and, you know, what I always tell people, it's about, you know, results. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, um, if you deliver to a certain level, that's your benchmark. That's basically your benchmark. And that's what you have to ask for. Because, you, you, you know, at, at the end of the day, you have to, to have something tangible that cannot be disputed and the results speak for you. So that's, that's one thing. The next thing is uh, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that, you know, and decide where you want to be, you know, where you want to be, at which level you want to play. And then when you decide that, you can start to, you know, uh, work at this level and ask for, for, for this reward at, at the end of the day. And, and one thing that I, I always do is that, especially when I work with my clients, when they come to me and then, you know, we evaluate how, you know, what I'm going to um, teach them or, you know, the coaching that I'm going to give them is going to deliver in in their in their life or in their career that's what you benchmark from the value added that they're gonna have then they, that's where you 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 use that to uh, to calculate what you i mean to to evaluate what you're worth right because right. if somebody comes let's say uh they're broke their company is completely you know in in the verge of uh completely you know closing out and then you manage to bring them back you need to to, to to actually know what's the value of this company and that's the value that you need to benchmark what you brought into this person and 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 not less not less than that so it, it's really important to like you said to have those records and and benchmark based on that because that's the only that's basically what you know that you can bring on, on the table and nobody can dispute that and those proof and like you said testimonial proof and and everything that you've recorded needs to be put on the table to, to show people that this is the level where where i am and you can challenge that but the results are there there's there's nothing that you can you can't change that so that's it it speak for itself so I think those are the key thing that I, I, I would say is that, you know, take over all the emotion and things like that. Look at the result. Those are the results. And that's what you're going to, you're going to benchmark your, your value on. 
I love that. I think that's really valuable because if you are working with clients, if you're a coach and you're working with clients and you are able to save your client $30,000 because you help them realize processes and strategy, you need to take credit for that and somewhere be documenting that in your portfolio that here's the value that I bring. So I think that's so valuable. Um, Mariska says, do you think that your niche has something to do with challenges that you have overcome? I do think that there is a part of that. I think that that sometimes does end up becoming your niche, uh, some of the challenges that you overcome. But sometimes also, um, Mariska, your niche is just something that you have in your heart, something that you're really passionate exactly. about. And it may not be a specific challenge for you. You may have had a lot of other challenges to overcome, which, which then allows you to serve your niche. But your niche doesn't necessarily has to be the two. Many times you do see coaches that say, you know what, I was in an abusive relationship and now I coach women on how to get themselves out of that situation and how to stand up for themselves. And those, so sometimes they go together, but they don't always have to. And Mariska also says, powerful strategies. Thank you, uh, Maria and Rhonda. Thank you so much for watching. So um, Roz is not able to rejoin us. And so thank you, Roz, for joining us earlier. I know she's got a lot going on today and she's always just an amazing co-host. I just want to share before we wrap up that um, this is going to be um, our last sh live show for a while. We're going to go on a little bit of a winter break. Um, I'm preparing to leave the country and I'm super excited, but it's got me really busy. I'm going to be out of the country for a couple of weeks and I don't want to uh, try to you know, navigate everything around that. It's also holiday time. So it's a great time. Now, I want it's you guys to time, yeah. right? Thank you. I'm going to have an amazing time. And um, and then tune in because I'm going to be uh, doing a live stream to announce where I'm going. But we're also going to be doing some uh, reruns of some old amazing shows. So you guys don't forget about us. We're still going to be here. We're not going away. And we are retooling and getting prepared for an amazing 2020 with Coffee with Rhonda. We're going to get even better, give you even more strategies oh, and, and be more excited. <laughs> so uh, I'm super excited about that. Marae, thanks for joining as always. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. And we're going to come stronger than ever. We are. You guys stay tuned. We're coming back strong. So thank you for watching. Don't forget, share the video, like the video, and add your comments. We'll respond to them even when we're offline. Have an amazing rest of your Saturday. Marae, get some sleep. <laughs> Out there. Thank you. I'm going to get shower and then go to, to, to sleep. It's going to help me. Absolutely. today as well. <laughs> Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day or a great night's sleep, everyone out there. We'll talk to you next time on the next Coffee with Rhonda. Stay tuned for the reruns because we'll be back stronger in 2020. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.